And so we'll start today in the book of Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. There's about three of them in the book of Philippians. I'd like to cover those today if I possibly can and keep moving. We'll get on another subject. Sometimes we stay on one subject too long and I don't really want to, but when I get started, I'm not going to hold back on what God gives me in the Spirit. God knows what we need more than anything. I mean, I reckon it'd be all right if we stayed in one verse for two hours. As long as we're getting something from it and getting fed and getting something from it. And there's a lot of verses you could stay longer than that on. And uh, I appreciate what the Lord does. The Word of God is getting bigger and bigger every time. The book ain't got no bigger in size, but it's sure getting uh, a lot more in it to me as the days go by. And I realize I don't know as much of it as I should. And I, by the age I am now, I should know a lot more about the Word of God. You may feel that same way. I hope you do. Because if you don't, it's just because you had not wanted to know. All of us could be smarter in the Bible than we are now if we've been working on it a little harder. When we was younger, we didn't pay much attention to it. And, of course, at the same time, we had so many things that kept us busy. There's things we used to have to do that I... I find personally I don't have to do anymore. There's things that you do uh, that you have to do. There's some things that you don't have to do now that you are doing. And we need in our age to trim it off. But in our, in our younger years, we could have trimmed off a lot more ourselves. And we don't have to say that. Amen. And when we trimmed off, and we did, we usually trimmed off the Word of God and prayer. And those are the things that we needed the worst. And we appreciate the Lord. So we're going to the book of Philippians this morning, chapter 1. There's two of them in the first chapter of Philippians. And we'll get into this and look at it. The Bible said in Philippians chapter 1, in verse number 17. Now I'm going to go back and read some more about this in a minute. But we'll get this one. It says in verse 17, But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of of the gospel. Now, look at that. Paul saying, I am set. I mark it up every time I've seen that. I mark it up as I am set for the defense of the gospel. But while I was studying this to, uh, to bring this thought across to you this morning, actually, what we need to look at is Paul saying, I am set. And I've overlooked that down through the years. Uh, Paul saying, I am set. That means he's established. He's uh, settled down, he's, he's ready to go, he's, he's in the uh, right mode. He's in, and I'm not talking about fist fighting, but he's in the fighting mode. He's ready. In other words, matter of fact, it goes along with what we started with before. He said, I'm deader and I'm ready to preach. So Paul's saying, I'm not only ready to preach, but I am uh, set for the defense of the gospel. And so that's important. And if you're going to be a child of God, you're going to have to have that too. You're going to have to be set for the defense. Christian lives today, people believe that when you get saved, it solves all your problems, settles every difference. You'll never have another trial in life. Somebody sold you a bill of goods. That's not exactly right. Matter of fact, it'll start getting rougher. You'll move off the paved road to the dirt road. That's what's going to happen. The rocks will start flying. The dust is around. And I'm trying to tell you this morning, you need to get set for the defense. And uh, people that used to love you won't love you no more. And people that used to hate you will love you. 
It just changes the world. Now, if the same people loved you before you got saved and, and love you today and they're still your friends, uh, something happened. You didn't get the right goods. And uh, if, if the folks that used to hate you and despise you still hate you and despise you, uh, you still got problems. I want to tell you, the Lord has opened my eyes to those things down through the years. Uh, it's not a bed of roses to be a Christian. Don't, now, don't you take this today that he's trying to discourage anybody from being a Christian. I'm not. It's the best life you can find. Matter of fact, you don't have no life without being a Christian. Amen. Amen. You understand that, don't you? I don't want to confuse you. But I want you to know this morning that it's not, it's not an easy road. Amen. There's so many out there despise you for what you stand for, and uh, others despise you for what you don't, uh, what what you stand against too. At the same time, and uh, they don't like what you stand for, and they don't like what you stand against. And if you stand for something, you have to stand against some other things. You can't have both sides of the channel. You have to you have to be right. Now let's go back and read what Paul is talking about. Let's go back to verse number, let's say verse number 13. So that my bonds, what's bonds? Paul considered himself bound, not in sin. He had sold himself out to God. He had been resurrected from that. He had died to sin and come alive unto God. So it wasn't sin that had his bonds on him. He said, so that my bonds, and notice the next two words, in Christ. Amen. His bonds in Christ. You said we shouldn't have no bonds in Christ. We should be set free. Oh, the world will put the bonds on you. They're there. Amen. You think you're going to think highly of you because you carry a King James Bible, try to live right, and you always are praising God and shouting and singing and always worshiping the Lord and lifting the Lord Jesus everywhere you go? You think they're going to really uh, pat you on the back and think you're one of the amazing folks around? They'll, they'll shun you. They'll get away from you. Amen. They're afraid you'll speak to them. They'll walk down the other side of the aisle. No telling how many this week's walked down the other side of some of you because they didn't want to speak to you because they know you was going to talk about the Lord. I hope that's happened. I hope they didn't run up to you and put, your, put their arm around you and said, Hey, let's talk about the world. Or started talking about the world and you joined in with them. Amen. One thing about it, you don't want to always sing the devil's song. You'll get in trouble. Now, here's what he said in verse 13. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest. What's manifest? Brought out, exposed, shown, revealed. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. Now, Paul was so vocal and Paul was so strong and Paul was so Christ-like and Paul was so dedicated and Paul was so consecrated that everywhere he went, he had a name that he glorified God. Now, that's the area that you and I as a child of God need to be too. We walk in the grocery store. If we've seen these people before, people that we know, and now everybody, every time you go to the grocery store, you usually see somebody different. But I'm saying when you go into the, these places and people that know you should know you. Uh, if there's anything that bothers me is in this modern day, I come around somebody and I'll see somebody I ain't seen for, say, 10 years, 15 years, and they'll say, uh, Hey, Brother Dennis, you still preaching? 
And I want to reach over, the flesh gets in me, and I want to reach over and smack their jaws. What do they think I'm going to do? What do they think I'm in this for? I got in it for the long haul. Well, I didn't get in it for the long haul, but when I got in it, I found out it was long haul. I can't get out of it. Amen. I've thought about it a little bit and tried a little bit to quit, but there ain't no quitting place. Amen. I'm satisfied where I'm at. And I appreciate that. And I want to keep on keeping on for the glory of God. And I'll say, yeah, I'm still preaching. What do you think I'd be doing? Cussing? Amen. They can't, no, I didn't think that. I just wonder if you're still preaching. There's a lot of people quit. I said, I ain't a quitter. By the grace of God, I used to tell them that too. I don't brag about it. It's by the grace of God that I will continue. And without the grace of God, I won't. I'm not going to brag about it. Amen. I'd like to think that when I stand on the other side... I was faithful all the way to the end and to the last breath. You understand? And only way I can do that is by the grace of God. So anyhow, what they, what they said is, Paul said, well, he said, of the bonds that I have in Christ, and of course Paul didn't say it here, but he had those bonds because of what he preached and who he preached, who he preached and what he preached. Amen. You said uh, preachers have a bad a reputation of things that they preach against. Well, all they're doing is preaching what Christ is for. Amen. And what Christ is against. And so you can't knock a preacher for preaching what the Lord stands for or stands against. If you want to stand with it. Amen. Amen. If you're preaching partially what God says through Christ and the Spirit, then we're just partially sold out to the Lord. So we're not getting into that. But he said, so that my bonds in Christ are made manifest. And how they made manifest? In the palace. The kings and the leaders. And uh, the pilots and the herds of that day. And the tetrarchs of those days. Knew Paul. Felix. Agrippa. The kings. Remember they brought him up before them? They knew him. They knew his firm. They knew he was solid. They knew he believed. Uh, they probably thought he was a, a, probably a stubborn man. Most preachers been doing anything for God, they, they classified as stubborn. They won't give in, won't bend, won't bow. The Hebrew children didn't do it. They didn't give in either. Didn't, Daniel didn't do it. People of old, down through the years, one of the things that proves that you've got the real genuine stuff is that you stand for God. And you don't care what somebody else says about it. Amen. And so you look at it. He said, manifest in all the palace uh, and in all other places, everywhere I go. In other words, they known that. Paul was known as a man who preached the truth and got locked up for it. And that's what it is. So you're leading up to this, and I'm going to show you what... This actually means, and I didn't see it, I guess, until, actually didn't see it until this morning. Early in the morning, I'm reading this, and, and the Holy Spirit showed me. You know, it's amazing you slip over things, and let it, but the Holy Spirit can show you something. Verse 14 said, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. In other words, I, I've got that reputation, but I've got some friends and some preachers and others, and uh, they're, he called them brethren. 
in the Lord, they were waxing confident by my bonds. In other words, because Paul was willing to stand for the truth and he's willing to go to the jail for the truth and willing not to give in to the devil nor his pernicious ways, Paul had put an, uh, a, a touch upon the others around him that because he is bold, they decided they'd be bold. You find somebody strong in the Lord and you're all by yourself and nobody else is around you. Don't, but when somebody comes up around you and they're strong in the Lord, they kind of strengthen you. That's why we as God's people, right? We just got a little crowd in here this morning. But if you this week could go out there where you're going on your public jobs, your public uh, doings and dealings, and you could be a strength and a help to anybody. I sat down this morning trying to wait on my breakfast, and uh, I don't know what it was. They they didn't hardly have it all together, and I'm sitting there just waiting and waiting and waiting. And here come a little old young fella in there, and he went up there, and I, I nodded at him and said, How you doing this morning? He said, All right, like that. And I thought, okay, I won't mention you. I won't speak no more. I, I don't want to get hit. I thought that way. And I, and I sat down, and I talked to the waitresses there, and some of them down there on the tables. And I sat down, and this other older fella come in. He went up there, and he got his food and sat down on the other side, and I'm sitting between. I looked over at him, and I said, how you doing? And he just said, like that. And I thought, boy, I've struck out already. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But I'm thinking about that. But then I got talking to somebody about the Lord. Next thing you know, these others are listening, you know. And I thought, hey, all right. God is helping. And, and I looked at that. And I thought, boy, next week you're going to run into some of them too. You do it all the time. They look like they're afraid. They're, they're, they're mad that they had to get up. Yeah. Mad that they have to get out. And they're mad at the world for everything. And I've been there. I don't know where you've ever been there or not. But there's a few times I've got up and I've, uh, you know, I had a rough day, just a bad day. I really can't lay nothing on, didn't hurt nowhere, didn't feel bad. I, I just had a bad day. Right? Now don't tell me I'm only one in here now. All of you do that way. And, you know, I some, and, and, you know, I have gone to places like I was this morning, walked in and they'll say, smile. And I thought, amen, I've been a shouting all morning. Just so I'm a little bit tired here, and I, and I wasn't, you know, and I thought, okay, praise God, I just smile. I don't want to argue with them because that's right. And so I'm trying to tell you bonds. Paul had these bonds. Are you getting the story? I'm trying to lead up to this. Uh, this I am set has rung in my heart this morning. And he said, uh, these are waxing confident. Those my brethren. They are waxing confident by my bonds. Because I'm in jail, they know that I have stood for God. They know what I've preached. I ain't saying that here, but that's what he's thinking in his heart. And the Holy Spirit's pinning that down. He stood. And he's in jail. He's there because of the Lord. He's not in jail here, but uh, he's, uh, he's, he's had some bonds. And he says here, And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. In other words, because I've been standing, taking a stand on it, uh, they've grown, got some confidence in me and strength from me that they're speaking the Lord of God with boldness too because uh, they're doing it without fear. Matter of fact, notice that those two words right there. 
Did you know this problem we all have without fear? One of the hardest things you will find as a Christian, and I'm not, not trying to get overboard, but one of the hardest things you'll find as a Christian is having enough liberty to speak to somebody. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of God. Now you know that. But it's also a fearful thing to talk about the Lord in the public. You know why people don't witness? They have that little fear. And you have a fear of what somebody might think, somebody might say, or what they might do. I've uh, spoke to some people sometimes and I said, and the Lord said, speak to them. And I said, they ain't going to listen to me. They'll get mad at me. And the Lord said, speak to them. And I speak to them. And the next thing you know, we've had a decent conversation and God has carried that thing in the right mode. And when we left, we thought nothing had changed except I'd gained a friend, maybe, and said some words that they're going to think about. and probably will. I don't know. All I do is just get the gospel out and the word out, and it's up to the Lord to, to kind of squeeze it down into the heart. And uh, so I've been, and then there's been some, I look at them and I say, praise God, I just took it on my own. I'm going to witness to them. Uh, they'll, they'll hear me. And Lord have mercy. I almost got crucified in time or two. You, you caught that, hadn't you? In, people are strange. You can't figure out which one wants to hear and which one don't. Amen. You look at them, they look like they might. Like these two fellas sitting here this morning, I, I don't know what they, I didn't, didn't take the time to speak to them much and uh, press the thing. But both of those may have been in such dire need of hearing something from God. Really? Might have been. And uh, here I was in a public place and I didn't say much. But I'm, I'm saying to you this morning that uh, Paul is telling them, and they're doing it without fear. One of the first, you know, it's, it's still, and I've been in this thing a long time, ladies and gentlemen. I still draw up and have a little fear speaking to somebody I've never spoke to before about the Lord. I just have to step over that. Have to put that behind me. Uh, what keeps me going is knowing that God gave me a job to do, and that job was to preach the gospel. And, uh, of course... Uh, for many years, I thought that gospel was to be preached behind the pulpit of most churches. and uh, But the Lord said to go out in the highways and hedges, and that's where we go. And, uh, you know, the Lord helps us with that. I appreciate it. So I thank God for it. But so Paul is saying here in verse number 15, he adds on to it, he said, Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. Now, what's Paul saying here? I looked at this this morning, and I said, Lord, I don't understand that. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife. You know what envy is? Jealousy, envious of somebody, and strife. Uh, that's with anger, madness, um, maliciousness in your heart. He said there's some preaching that. And they were doing it, and he said, and some also goodwill. But what they're doing they're preaching and actually preaching against Paul. I know as down through the years in preaching, I've had preachers tell me, Brother Deals, if you just leave this off and you leave that off, uh, you'd be more respected in the community. I've had them tell me that. I mean, I, I've heard about, about anything goes and comes, you know, down through the years. Uh, preacher, if you just kind of watch what you preach and just... 
preach this and that and you know touch pre- preach on the love of God and uh, the goodness of God and the mercy of God and those them's good but you preach those things what you should do and shouldn't do and that messes you up and I say how's it mess me up and they say because that just that makes people mad but that's not pre I don't believe I ought to preach it with malice in my heart I don't believe anybody should preach with malice in their heart. Amen. I uh, used to, and I know everybody in here's got, um, uh, you know, probably had experience of that, but I always said to parents, and a lot of parents do this still to today, it's not good. And that's discipline their children when they're mad. It's dangerous. But most of the parents I know of have come up the old way. We did it. Didn't think nothing about it. But now, uh, the same thing happens in church. Sometimes I want to just jump up and skin people's hides, but I can wait now a few weeks. I just say, Lord, show me when and where. And I find out if I just wait on the Lord, it's going to come around. He'll take care of business. Amen. And I won't be, you know, when I draw the whip out, uh, He'll be able to guide it and direct it and you know, you whip a child when he just does it. And uh, I mean, on top of that, lots of times when they disobey you, they done made you mad. And uh, when you whip them in, you just got probably too, too, too strong. Amen. And somebody said, I don't even believe in whipping them. All right, that's all right. Then walk on you later. But uh, I'm saying this morning that that's what you do. You, 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 you. Get calm and look at the situation. That's what a pastor Would you want me just to beat you to death? You said, you do. No, I don't mean to. Don't want to. Don't desire to. My only desire is to preach what God wants us to hear from the Word of God. And uh, I want to preach it with all authority and with all power. So what's happened here, some preachers didn't like what Paul done and how he done things. There's probably preaching he got in jail because of this. If he kept his mouth shut, he wouldn't be in jail. He'd calm down a little bit, he wouldn't be in jail. If he hadn't got strong, them people over at a certain place wouldn't got upset with him. But Paul was trying to follow God. And so some of them, he said, was preaching Christ. Even They were preaching Christ. They were preaching Jesus. Notice what Paul says about this, and he opened my eyes to some things here. He said, some indeed preach Christ even uh, of envy and strife. They weren't doing it for a good cause. It's not good for any preacher to preach with envy and strife. But money, many of them are. Amen. I said money, but maybe that's why they do it. Amen. Holy Spirit done, and that's why they do it. But I'm saying to you this morning that it's not good to preach with envy and strife. And then he said, in some also goodwill. In other words, they're preaching uh, with, with a good intent in doing it. And they may be thinking they're doing right. They're, they don't like what Paul said, but they're preaching in goodwill. In other words, what Paul done, Paul done, and I don't do that and so forth and go on. I don't preach like other preachers. Other preachers don't preach like me. No two preachers preach the same. Except we preach the same gospel. They're supposed to. But, you know, we all have a different eye, uh, light on the things, but the Word of God is sound and firm. You don't have to wonder what it says. 
So we go to the next verse, and here's what Paul says. Uh, we are leading up to this. In verse number 17, uh, 17, he says, But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Now, as verse 16 said, The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely. Are you seeing the differences of preachers preaching? Maybe you didn't see this before. I just kind of jumped over it. Some are preaching against Paul, and they're spending their time preaching. And if you're not careful, preachers will get preaching against other preachers. And I don't believe in preaching against other preachers, but I believe if they're wrong, we have to expose their error. We have to do that. We've got to do that. I'm not going to stand up here and magnify the Jehovah's Witness. I'm not going to stand here and magnify uh, the Mormons and all those different religions. I'll preach against that because it's against the Bible. And uh, people may preach against me for preaching against them. That's their business. They can preach what they want to. A preacher can preach what he wants to. But it won't always be what God wants. Because you can't preach what you want to and be in the will of God. So we go on and he says this. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention. You know what contention is? Trying to get even. Something down your heart that divides. So some are preaching Christ of contention. We've got some in the world like that today. Not sincerely. They're not really real with it. They're just preaching. Preaching don't mean much to a lot of people. Even in church folks it don't. That's why people will listen to anything. I know people sitting in churches today that's going to hear a, a sermon and they're going to go out bragging about how good that sermon was and how good that preacher is and he probably does not and will not tell them much of nothing. But they like his personality, they like his wife, they like his children, they like his, uh, uh, his mannerisms. And so they seem to like everything he does and says and the way he talks and the way he fellowships. And so therefore they'll take anything he's got to say. I know people that's going to church today that their pastor I know good and well. And I'm not making no names, no calling, no name calling here. But they're going to hear preachers preach today that are mealy-mouthed. They're not going to tell them anything straight. They're not going to hear anything except some fine, fancy words that sound good that they don't even know what they mean to start with. And they'll leave and go home. And they'll talk about their church. They've been going there for 40 and 50 years. One preacher after another has followed them. I know churches today, it's got people in them. They've been there. They started off right in their church 35, 40 years ago. They had to write Bible, had to write doctrines, and now they've gone to the world, and the world's got infiltrated in the church. And uh, some of them were like what I read the other day that a fellow in, I believe it was Nashville, Tennessee, got up one morning. And he held that Bible up and he said, here's the old King James Bible. He said, it's a no-no at this place from here on out. It's obsolete. It should have emptied out the church, but they're still going. You understand what I'm saying? I see this all the time. And people, you need to get to the place that you believe the Bible over any man. 
I don't ask you to listen to me. Uh, well, I ask you to listen to me, but I don't ask you to believe everything I say. I don't know as I've ever said that at this church. Have I ever asked you to believe everything I tell you? What have I told you? I want you to believe what that book says right there. If this book says it, you believe it. And it don't make no difference if I make a mess out of it, you're still to believe it. But I'm saying today that there's a lot of people who don't care what, what's preached. And most churches today, you go to them, it's not what the man of God preaches. It's what he don't preach is the problem. You won't tell them everything. You should be able to go to any other Baptist church in America. Any other Baptist church in America. Especially any independent, fundamental Baptist church in America. And hear the same things that I'm preaching right here. You should drive 20 miles down the road to a Baptist church. And that preacher is preaching exactly what you've been hearing for years. And up the road. And they're preaching the same. But it ain't that way. Is it? Amen. Something happened to us somewhere. So I'm saying Paul is getting to that place. Some, he said, uh, is my, what time? Oh, I got my watch. All right. He said, some, some are indeed preached Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. Some of them are just doing it because this is a good thing to do. I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. Amen. Uh, hello, I'm, I'm reverend. I don't like that term. I hear people call, I come in sometimes and they'll call, hey, Reverend. I said, don't call me Reverend. What do we call you? You're a preacher, ain't you? Yeah, but I ain't a Reverend. Why ain't you a Reverend? Because the Bible only mentions Reverend one time in the Bible, in the book of Psalms, and that's speaking of the Lord. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a Reverend. I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher. Amen. I'm a brother. I'm a man of God or something. But don't call me reverend. And then when you get somewhere, you know, and you go, and they'll put your name down uh, there, and they'll write it down. You preach a funeral, and they'll put it on your, on your where you preach the funeral, and they call it Reverend Dennis Deals. I just want to tear that thing all to me. I said, look at all the people's getting this and getting it, and they think I'm a reverend. I don't want to be a reverend. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you think he's crazy. Well, let's go on. I'm going to get a little thought across what I wanted to get across today. And he said in verse number 17, but the other of love. Now, all these others he's talking, but there's going to be some out there preaching in love. I hope you think I preach in love. I know I scream and stagger around and stummer and say things and you think, boy, he can't love me. My daddy told me some strong things, and he loved me. He told me because he loved me. Preacher preaches strong things. If he's right with God, it's simply because he loves God, and he loves his congregation. And he said, uh, but the, one, the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. And what's that mean? Paul said, I'm ready. I'm set. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm braced. I'm set for the defense. I know when I preach it, somebody's going to be on my case. I know when I speak it, somebody's going to argue with me. I know when I speak it, somebody's going to bring uh, arguments to the Word of God. I've never seen such an argumentative age on the Bible in all my life. 
People argue with you, they're blue in the face. They, and it's because we've got an argumentative society today. They'll argue about everything. Amen. You tell them that's a, uh, that uh, bench is blue, and they say, no, it ain't blue, it's orange. And they say, no, it ain't orange, it's purple. And you, they'll just argue with you. Or you'll say, the wall, that's a white wall. You say, no, it ain't. It's an off-white. Okay. And they'll go down to break it down to what kind of off-white. There's so many whites in all my life I've never seen like. And I'm not talking about people. Right? You ever try to buy paint, white paint? What's really white? They give you one. It looks white uh, if it's by itself. But you put another up there, it's whiter. That don't look the same. You put one up there that's a little dingier than that, and you say, mm, this ain't it. But you put any one of them three together by, by themselves, and they look white. You see what I'm saying? And uh, so I'm trying to tell you that's what happens. And Paul said, I'm ready for that junk. I'm ready for that stuff. Throw it at me. I've anchored, I didn't get all three of these out of Philippians, did I? Sorry. We'll come back. This help you any? Amen. I believe it'll help us. I believe we'll sometimes overlook some of the things of the Word of God. But uh, God's got the, the book right. It's not us. I mean, it's uh, us. It's not right. Amen. All right. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for the privilege of being at the house of the Lord. Thank you for the Sunday school. Touch our hearts. Touch our lives. Help us to lift and magnify and exalt you. And we'll give you the glory for it. Touch the remainder of the service. The song service, the worship service. May if there be one here today not right with you, you'll speak to them. Out of the will of God, touch their heart. I pray God you'd inform, educate us, anchor us. God will give you the praise and the glory for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Praise God.